Hey, what up, guys? It's Allie Dixon. You're listening to LLA with Lenny and Jake on Dash Talk Radio. What up, everybody? This is Ed at LA with Jake and Lenny. I'm your co-host, Lenny Hernandez, and I'm here with Jake FH. Woo! Whose back is out? I did, I threw my back out doing improv on Tuesday. And that's how just, you know you're committed. <laughs> A couple days later, just, he cannot... I, I can't even... I can barely walk. I had to crawl up the stairs like a child, you know, on all fours. Yes, uh-huh. So, but it's good. Getting me in touch with my uh, animalistic side. Yeah? So. What have you learned about yourself with the back being out? Uh, don't pick up people that are much bigger than you. This girl was like 6'3". <laughs> and I'm only 5'8". So I picked her up because I was like, we're like on a honeymoon. I was like, ah, you know, let's go make love or whatever. And then after that... <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I'm just yeah. Um I say that because my good friend cut his um middle finger on his dominant hand wide open and it has stitches. And so he said that he has now learned how to wipe his ass with his opposite hand and how Whoa. weird it is now <laughs> to like wipe one's ass with your opposite hand. And I was just like, you know what? I That's don't crazy. think I've ever tried that. I don't think I could. I don't think I could. And he I mean, says it's really hard. I bet it is. <laughs> New <laughs> sensations. Look exactly. <laughs> and that voice right there, Anthony Erickson. Woo! 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 Founder of Eye in the Sky Collective, uh, which is an artist and producer management uh, company, creative direction, music marketing, event production, label services, all of these things. All of the things, yes. Yes. <laughs> Well, tell us about yourself. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Um, nice being here. Yeah, thank you. Yes, indeed. So, yeah, I mean, my my road into music was very much uh, from the path of being a musician myself. Yeah. Uh, you know, played piano since I was five years old. Yeah. Uh, did a stint uh, of, of music performance at Texas State University, uh, but I only lasted about a year of that before... It just sucked all the fun out of making music uh, for me. <laughs> I bet, yeah. And uh, I pivoted to mass communications and then kept playing music, uh, you know, recreationally and, and uh, you know, for my own sake. And I, I was still fronting bands and doing that, that sort of thing the whole time. But in any case, then just started really becoming the music business focused one uh, in our, in all these operations and yeah, producing events, and then that turned into tour managing other artists, and worked with a, a Danish artist for a while as a as a tour manager in the U.S., and then uh, went to Berkeley and started a, a music business company from there. So how long did you, so you took some time between um, school, like to kind of like found all this, and then you went back? Yeah, well, so okay. I, again, I finished uh, met this mass comm degree at Texas State, and was kind of like, where where am I going next? And looking at my my dual resumes of like, okay, literally interned in nothing <laughs> or, or like everything I've done for myself in the music business. Uh, and I was like, looks like I should go into music. And then right about that time, uh, this opportunity to go on a, a like six month tour mm-hmm. with this Danish artist came up and I kind of jumped in the van and was like, cool, let me, and it was, you know, it was you, paying what, gig. Was it in the U S or was it? Yeah. Throughout the U S. Okay. So okay. he was, a, he was a Danish front man and it basically assembled a band. I was still playing music in this, in this project. Um, but then I kind of started tour managing it and taking on the other roles. But that was when I was like, okay, for kind of formulating this idea of what to do with yourself next. next. Yeah. Yeah. And, and use that time in the road. And, and actually one of the artists, one of the first kind of flagship projects we did is a Austin, Texas indie folk group called wild child. Hmm. And, uh, that formed in that van. Actually, it's like the other, 
band members again. <laughs> not, not the Danish artist, but the other Everybody. folks. Everybody. Uh. Yeah, so so like th- three of the five of us in that band became that band, and then again I started uh, assisting in the kind of music managerial capacities and marketing and, you know, really basically founded this company. So label services is kind of the fancy word for yeah. doing all the things labels do, but yeah. in the modern music business, uh, you know, it's just structured in such a way that rather than take ownership of these artists, copyrights and their the masters, um, we, you know, just hire us to do these services for you and maintain ownership. So nice. I kind of saw that shift happening and started a company to serve that and do these kind of projects for various artists. Was it easy for you to go from performing music to kind of taking a, like a behind the scenes step? Yeah. I mean, for, for a lot of reasons, one, because, Though I was performing, I was organizing all those events, promoting all those events, oh, like, um, you know, writing the songs, negotiating with the recording studios, you know, wrangling the band members, uh, organizing the practice, doing every, you know, doing everything. I mean, that's kind of what broke me <laughs> for my own music projects. I was like, I, you know, I'm at least better go get paid over here to do this <laughs> rather than just be doing this for for a set of folks that, you know, were like, Oh, practice. <laughs> I was like, get fucking real. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. God so, dang. you know, that, that, that was basically the on the ground training, uh, in the music business and like really grassroots kind of come up, uh, that then, you know, what I kind of realized when I, when I did that stint at Berkeley was like, I need to round out my understanding of the publishing world, the label world, some of these like legal aspects and copyright and just understanding these other, you know, again, I had a an education in grassroots, like, marketing and artist development and touring, but there was a whole nother side to the it. I needed to kind idea, of yeah. fully understand. And, and from that's where I said, okay, I see where things are and where I want to position myself and my company. Wow. Yeah. Uh, did you, did you go to Berkeley four years, two years? What'd you do? Did two you- years. It was like a certificate, professional certificate gotcha. program, okay, uh, yeah. very specifically focused in music business. Mm. You know, it, it, like like any schooling, like any college, it's like what you want to get out of it. You yeah, know, I mean, yeah, exactly. people go to college for four years for some random thing and then come out like, if yeah. I don't want to do that or I don't even know what I want to do next and go into something else entirely. But if you're clear on what you want out of it, and again, I, I was in there with some some knowledge. So there was plenty of like, you know, their first college experience going into Berkeley, which is certainly like got to be overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, And, sure, you yeah. know, I don't even know what I want to do. I'm trying a little this, a little that. And then, you know, you got to, get the contacts you can get out of it. It's really, it's all what you put into it. So mm. I, I feel like I made a, a good use of it and it was worth the time and the investment versus, you know, some Trying people to learn. Yeah. Well, some people, you know, invest in college or training or something and are like, what did I really need to do <laughs> yeah, that for? You exactly. know? Which is like, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like my theater degree. <laughs> like why? Why did yeah. I spend four years? If you ever years. run out of toilet Five. paper, <laughs> you have that diploma. <laughs> that is, so. I actually mine's still cardboard. Have, yeah, mine's a cardboard. Oh, is it cardboard? One. Yeah, no, I have card. I don't know. I have both of my diplomas in their envelopes still <laughs> hanging on my wall. <laughs> and my mother hates it. She's like, "Give me your your diploma to frame it." I'm like, "No, it's staying in this envelope. It's a commentary on my <laughs> on my uh, how little I've used." Yes, yeah, exactly. exactly. I was like, you know, this is what it's worth. It's worth. <laughs> are you are are you gonna frame that on your wall? The envelope that frame the in. envelope in still. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> keep it a DIY. Uh, my old roommate, he had his. He asked his mother to bring out to ship out his uh, uh, diploma, and she literally had it already framed and uh-huh. shipped out an oh, entire God. framed diploma. And I was like, <laughs> "What the hell is this? Yeah. 
This is yeah. it probably was like two hundred dollars to ship it, this it, thing. It's <laughs> funny. Our, our boomer parents have a different take on college and appreciation for it. Yeah, as well. Yeah. Like you know, it, it really means something. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. My mom was really? just like, I don't care as long as you just get a diploma. I was like, in theater, mom. Yeah. I don't care. Just get one. Anything. Which yeah. is funny how it's just shifting all over again where yeah. it's like, you know, yeah. train in something you want to do <laughs> and something you can good at doing or something that's worth something in the marketplace out there. Not just get it for the sake of getting it. Yeah. Take on all that debt. Just deal with it. Yep. It's like, now wait. it's like, nah, don't do that. Learn yeah. a trade. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's, which the, I feel is like what I did or was doing through yeah, the process. I mean, yeah, of I mean, doing that still counts, yeah. I think. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I kind of just used all my student loans <laughs> to buy the time to figure shit out. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to, you know, you're floating these four years while I like do some things and figure some things out. And like, yeah, make my own way in, in a music business is really what I did. So. so, how did you end up? Because uh, I think, I don't know if we said before we started recording, you've been in LA. For a year? Only about a year, a little over a year. Yeah, truly, truly living here um, about a year now. And, you know, again, we started crossing paths, you and I, Lenny, like, you know, four or five years ago. Yeah, just and randomly at. With these various mutual friends. Mm-hmm. And Wait, before you say how long you've been, where are you from originally? From Houston originally. Okay, from Houston. Went Houston, to Austin Texas. and Texas State University is in San Marcos, just south of Austin. So I was like, lived in Austin half that time too, yeah. but was very much plugging in and growing in that kind of music community, very much live music city. Yes. And you know, a, there's some of the other infrastructure missing, but that's a whole nother story <laughs> in any case. Okay. So growing my understanding and chops and plugging into the music business there, uh, then in Berkeley and Boston for a couple years and then came back to Texas and started this business, um, in 2010, 2010, so nine years old of a business now. Damn, yeah. And uh, then, yeah, again, I mean, you know, at some point, inevitably started plugging in tons of Los Angeles music industry uh, contacts and events and all sorts of things. So I'd, you know, been coming out here periodically. And, uh, and then, yeah, finally just felt the gravitational pull enough to, yeah, I was going to say, we've, we've, We've been at the same parties well before a year ago. Oh, yeah, certainly. That's yeah. why I was like, you might even be like, wait, you haven't been here the whole four or five years I've been running into you? No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, <laughs> I mean, like, again, I was always out here for a week or two or three weeks at a time, you know, every couple months. Yeah. So, okay. like, you know, that would be on out. And that, it's funny now that I am out here. That's, like, about as often as I see some of my friends that live here anyway. Like, yeah, you know. But um, That's very true. That's so, true. in any case, like, it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're out there. You're just on the other side of town. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of an interesting like illusion that I've helped maintain of a, like you know is he, he present enough is, is he, he here where is he because yeah. 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 and and now so I'm you know I'm like seventy five eighty percent here I still have some projects in Texas that I need to be back for periodically we can get into the festivals and other we things will. I run yeah, to yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. but then um, I've also been working Mexico City into the equation I have a, a a place there so basically i have like a, a nomadic situation <laughs> nice. where i can just rent when i'm where, wherever i am damn and i've so spread my like, things what? out across three cities God, damn that sounds ideal That's pretty are you exhausted uh as long as i can actually plant someplace for a month Oh, it's okay, cool. Yeah. It doesn't feel like you're on vacation the whole time. And that's the key is really to not jump into it in the first two weeks. Just be like, I got to do everything. I'm on vacation. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you can like just settle back into routine or have a thing. I, I just was in Texas for about a month and I had to go back and forth between Austin and Houston so much that mm. that felt a little too like. Well, how far is that? What is that like? It's like three hours. But, but still though. Yeah. Yeah. And, and typically I'll take a car if I'm going anywhere for a month or two. But if. I don't know. This was just under. It was like 
three weeks and five, 10 days, <laughs> three weeks, and five days, you know, so just under four weeks. And oh, so I was yeah. like, anyway, it was a little, little hectic and a little too, like I was never, you know, planted someplace for the whole month. I ended to up, make that routine. Yeah. That's what, yeah. And that's one of the things that I deal with when I travel so often is just like after I'm a place for 10 or 12 days, but then like the first three days, I'm like weirdly worthless because of like, traveling, <laughs> oh, sure. you know, and then I'm just like, okay, now I'm good. And then a week later I'm like, oh shit, now I'm going back to where I was. And now the first three days of being back, I'm just like, Ugh. I don't know how many times I like try to tell myself I'm going to like pull up in a computer in the airport or like take that call in the airport and just being in airports. I'm like, no, <sighs> yeah. I don't want to do anything. <laughs> no, and I my, don't. The you know? computer is so much slower than it needs to be, and then I have to log in. And I, am yeah. I fully? Do I fully feel comfortable like logging into the Wi-Fi in an airport? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, but still, yeah, it's the classic. Like, I think I'm going to get more done on this travel day than I ever remotely do. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, that's the idea. Is like I can get stuff done. Yeah, right. my last flight from San Fran to here uh, two days ago. Um, there was only like 40 people on the flight. And for some reason they told everyone just to take their own row. So everyone did, except the person who was like 15 minutes late, then they sat next to me. <laughs> what an asshole. And yeah, but they didn't, know, yeah, so they didn't hear the announcement. They didn't hear the announcement like, that there was so little amount of people on the flight to just sit anywhere. Why would he, but like, she still, why did she, was she hot? How did that work out? How did the story end? Yeah. yeah. That she just, she talked to me almost for an hour and 20 minutes straight. Oh, yeah. And I was just oh. like, I was like, oh shit. I also, uh, so many people don't, and I've learned it's a gift in most instances <laughs> that I can sleep on airplanes. Yeah. I, yeah. I can kind of sleep anywhere. Um, but what I think is conversely happening is now anytime I get on an airplane, I'm like, I could stay awake and do things and be productive, but I want to go to sleep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Something so like that. sleep and appear me to sleep. and wake yeah. up. Yeah, no, I think it is like a mechanical. Yeah, thing. I think They're so like too. Little, like, little I actually, I get really drowsy, honestly, when we're about to like and take off. Like that speed for someone whatever just like lulls me to sleep. <laughs> so you love being on roller coasters. I do actually. Sleep? I love roller coasters. Did you sleep? Can I sleep on it? I guess. Some roller coasters. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> I have to put myself to sleep on roller coasters. Otherwise, I'll get real sick and throw up. Every really? Yeah. No, I have good. Yeah. AKA drug yourself on yeah. roller coasters. <laughs> I get two or three rides like at an amusement park and that's it. Oh, like after that. Then and the anxiety like, level, you're just like, no, never mind. I can do like roller coasters. Equilibrium's all I, fucked up. I, I have an interesting reaction to stress that makes me sleepy. <laughs> like, really, if I'm getting stressed out, I'm like, I just need to take a nap because I, I feel like That's, I, I honestly, know. and it's a good defense mechanism, I can go to sleep after a shitty day and kind of wake up and at least for a while be like, okay, I'm reset. You know what I mean? But yeah. I think that reaction has become, I'm stressed out. I'm getting sleepy. I'm just yeah. going to like take a nap and wake up and be like, not stressed out. And again, the more you are awake and start thinking about whatever is causing that, it'll come sleeping. back. Yeah. But still, I'm like, go to sleep. I like not, don't said, deal with the stress. I like that you said good defense mechanism because I'm picturing like someone attacking you. Like, <laughs> like a possum. Yeah, yeah, like a um, possum. Possum might be yeah, my like, spirit animal. Give me your money. And you're just like, <laughs> and more like, like a, a mental defense yeah. mechanism than a physical defense mechanism. Those people would be like, oh, I'm not going to rob that guy. He's dead already. Or you maybe I will. Or yeah. <laughs> I don't need to kill him. I can just take all the shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. So what is, what's something that you learned then that you were able to use creating the business from being on the road, I guess? I, what not to do in a sense? You know, one thing I found, and I don't mean this to be derogatory to to other kinds of music industry professionals, but I feel like some just have no sense of like 
a PA system or no sense of like, just like the real plights and issues that an artist is going to have in, in a touring scenario. Like on a technical level? Well, but on a tech, even a technical level, not like I literally need to be able to function everything, but just like, no, they need microphones. Why would you not think they need microphones? Like check, checklist these things, you know, like, cause basic stuff. Yeah. And and again, I'll, I'll, I'll use a booking agent as an example, just being like, you know, your job is putting them into these venues. Like, you know, those should be on your checklist of things to, to <laughs> yeah, know. It does, yeah. A microphone. So, yeah. I mean, it's just some stuff like that. That's like lost on somebody that's so siloed in a certain lane of, mm. of industry. Um, that's, that's comical on some hands and then really frustrating. If you're that artist on the road, Dealing with that, like, why'd you put me in this room that was bring your own microphones? You know, like, <laughs> bring your own. Oh we're not bringing them. Those exist. That's out there. It's 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 bad. I mean, that's really like you know, bottom of the barrel, like yeah. coffee shop tour, as yeah, opposed yeah. to like, you know, you know, theater venue, like really top quality. But still, it's the sort of thing that's like, come on, you know. Do you uh, do you manage like different genres of music as far as the bands go? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's very much just about like. I mean, I could go through my kind of checklist of things that to me makes for a a really worthwhile artist and certainly like originality, but there's a lot of like self-generative things Mm -hmm. that that I I qualify. It's like, you know, are you, do you need to spend tens of thousands of dollars in the studio to get a song done? Or can you record a song on your own? Can you make video content on your own? Are you social media savvy? Like these are all elements that play into, you know, how much overhead and effort do we need to put in to get things out for you mm-hmm. and so all the artists i've really taken on are really self-generative in that nice. sense so that's become a big piece of it but genre wise to me like i'm i'm pretty have a wide palette for music um i mean there's some things i don't take on because i feel like you know i don't necessarily have the contacts to help champion something for yeah. somebody but mm-hmm. you know i have stuff that's in the indie alternative world stuff that's in the electronic world stuff that's in like folk kind of thing too okay. so it kind of runs the gamut nice Damn. Yeah, we were just talking about like one of our guests very recently, like refuses to do any like social media stuff. And it was just like how <laughs> that's true. How much as an artist? Well, she's an actress, so it's just like how 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 much are you limiting yourself if you just refuse to do any of these things? It's it's hard to know. I mean, there's like you know they'll probably encounter some some opportunity at some point that's like oh person with social media audience or a person that's going to go champion this for us or one without it. Yeah. And you know, everything else is the same quality of talent's the same. And they're going to go with that, the, that social person, media yeah. reach. Cause that's the world we're in. But yeah. you know, again, I don't think it is the end all be all and it can exist course, without yeah. being, you know, an artist can exist without like pandering to that entirely. But it's, you know, there's going to be those opportunities where it's a B and they're going to pick the so social media savvy. Do you go on the road with the bands? Not always. And no. I especially, don't anymore. like to because yeah, <laughs> not as much anymore. And then, and then like we're saying about being productive while traveling, like that's, that's tough to do. I yeah. mean, like there's, there are specific tour managers that, and again, I've played that role and I'll go. So like one of my, one of my bands, Capiac, we've been to doing a lot of touring in Mexico uh, again, partly because of my Mexico city connection, but then we've started doing Tijuana and Sonata, Mexicali, Merida, wow. Tulum, those like different. So if it's like someplace I haven't been or back to Mexico city, I'm like, yeah, I'm coming along for this. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll get this like hybrid vacation, uh, vibe to it. But, um, yeah, ideally if we're just stringing across tour dates, it's not as productive for me to do that. Anyway. Yeah. And again, and being stuff like the people I pick are, self-generative they're hardworking. they're 
smart. They're not degenerate like drunks that I need to make sure you're like, are you awake to play the show? You know, slap them, slap them awake or anything that I don't need to, you yeah. know, there's, a, there is a level and there's certainly like a tour management aspect to, to things where it's like making sure all the info is in one place and they know the itinerary and stuff too. But does, does your company even like bracket out like those things? Like, do you have multiple man, like touring managers that you have hired and like, what's the triage of that? Sure. So, the, you know, my company's gone through a few phases, but ultimately the way I've structured it and keep, yeah. and keep structuring it is this kind of like hybrid independent contractor web. Gotcha. You know? Okay. So, so it's all like you know, kind of contracted out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I've got, you know, I have a bunch of graphic designers that work across various, various uh, aesthetics that, mm -hmm. you know, we tap into. I have, you know, tour manager people that we can pull in. We have publicists oh, yeah. and digital marketing teams and, you know, on the label services side of things, when I'm not in a, in a like formal management relationship with somebody, if they're hiring me as a consultant, I'm building out a strategy and a team and all these things to execute around that project. And then when that project's done, it back into the ether and then comes together. So it's, you know, it's flexible for, in a, in a business owner sense, because I'm not, you know, tied to anything. I'm not, yet. I'm not paying for offices and, salaries and all these things constantly when things are always going to be ebbing and flowing. And mm -hmm. as if we get into talking about my other projects too, I've kind of basically created these different seasons mm -hmm. of, of types of things because mm -hmm. I also what find, do you, well, I'm interested seasons of things. What do you mean? Like if, when it's summer, you do a thing like, what, is that what you're meaning? <laughs> uh, or? Well, well not, not like, not like, uh, not a uh, seasonal season, but, <laughs> okay. but, uh, so South by Southwest yeah, is, yeah. is a big thing. So yes. another business that I've started with another partner is a a brand activation business, experiential sort of things. So uh, that okay. you know what, South by what Southwest does that mean, is exactly like, brand activation. So that is when I'm trying to think of, of a good example that's happening. I mean, like a movie is promoting. You know, I it was just right here by the Capitol building was uh, Smallfoot or whatever had set up a whole like winter wonderland in yeah. a tent thing, oh, you know what I mean? okay so you know at south by it's like uh i've done a lot of projects for smart car it's it's like these activations showing off their cars mm -hmm. doing doing ride shares mm -hmm. uh you know it's it's branding and like in in a space nice. and usually or the, the best ones have something that like well you know i do want to be here i didn't just come here for the free koozie and why, why, why am i standing in your space right now you know that's like free that's koozie. a bad version of it is like here's a koozie yeah. tell people about our brand everyone's like fuck no <laughs> you know? but when it's when like it's koozie, when it's like yeah. oh you you let me into a free concert and you know you're by downloading your app i got free drinks at the event like if you're you know giving something uh, yeah. as a brand so okay. it's parties you know it's, not, it's nothing too revolutionary but yeah but yeah activations and experiential stuff is, is usually doing things in in a in a real engaging interactive way oh, okay. and South by Southwest is kind of a brand playground for that, which is, you know, the, the pros and cons to South by, but, uh, you know, because it was really much a music discovery thing still involves music and film premiere and film discovery, but now has been enveloped in brands and brand activations and brands supporting all these things too. So it's a madhouse that comes to Austin every March. So the point is, is like, I've been doing it for like 15 years and you know, Damn. 10 of those, 10 of those throwing events. Um, like four or five of those throwing like brand level, you know, million dollar events. Yeah. And um, anyway, so that's seasonal because that comes You're around, right. yeah, around March yeah, and that's okay. another reason to be in Texas and do that. Um, I take it like music festivals is also a seasonal thing. 
Yeah, well, th- those are always happening somewhere. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? I like so I feel like that's less, and that's less like, well, the festival I was about to bring up next is when I produce and program versus, you know, my bands are playing festivals somewhere yeah. all the time. You know, yeah. that's like somewhere is festival season at any point, <laughs> any point in time. So that's just like touring. And Let's talk out. about that. Just real quick question on, on that. Has, it, does there seem like there's a big boom in like festival, like music festivals, like within the last certainly six years or so, I would say five years. Yeah. What would you- I mean, probably 10 years it's been booming where there's like no Breaks. region that yeah. is not getting covered something. by a festival. Yeah. And again, if it's, you like drew them as a map and like a heat map of like, you know, this is a hundred thousand person festival. So, you know, in Austin that actually covers most oh, Texas cities willing yeah. to travel for that or, mm-hmm. or the small ones that, you know, two to 3000 local festival. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's everywhere. It's, it's a thing. Now, is there a, a bubble or some of these seeing backlash are the, is the cream of the crop rising because of who can really curate a good experience? Cause those come down to experience too. If you're going to spend $300, like, that's nothing. I barely that's nothing for a, for a music festival. Yeah, I mean that's I was on the say, that's, that's on the cheap. lower end. Yeah, that, that, lower that is end. on the lower end. I would love. Still, to I have to no be sense of the value and cost of music video of music festivals because <laughs> I, I don't say. pay for them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> most of the time. But in any case, uh, you know, anyone spending yeah. three hundred, five hundred thousand dollars on on this festival experience, not even counting travel, because exactly. you, you start adding travel, all that to lodging, it, and you're right. Yeah. yeah, it's like you're. A couple of people are spending $2,000. Oh, yeah. For sure. So point is, is, if you're investing in that, you better be giving me a great fucking time. It better not be like ass to ankles, just like <laughs> yeah. waiting in lines yeah. the whole time. Like the, well, no one wants that experience. And that's why I don't go to festivals very often because yeah. just the cost and then you're just, cr- I don't like giant I used to love it. I, I did a lot funny? of festivals. Yeah. Yeah, as, my, a, as a kid, day. you're like all yeah. about it, but then yeah. you're like, I don't want to be. This. Yeah. Now that I'm yeah. older, I'm just like, if I'm not. If I don't have an artist pass, or even VIP can sometimes still be annoying. <laughs> you still have to go through the normal channels of dealing with a crap ton of people. Um, but yeah, it's like it's the only way to only way to do it. <laughs> and in any case, I think that that the festivals that aren't super serving people or really providing unique experience and a unique community and a culture and something that isn't just a field to watch a stage in, because yeah. we can do that in so many Anywhere. ways now. Yeah. Um, that those are getting cold out because the good ones are, are are really carving their space and more people are gravitating towards them and saying, I'm going to put my money there, not there. Mm-hmm. So. Well, let's get into a little bit of the, the events. Sure. So I, mean, I know there's a, I know cause, uh, cause you invited me right before, cause I went out of town, but you invited me to a, a pool party uh, yes. event that I also noticed was, it didn't go co- concurrent to each other. It was, I guess, a few weeks separate where you had you hosted one in... We did Austin, LA, New York. Ah, okay. So yeah. what this is, and I'll, I'll kind of get to that. Oh, part. Okay, this yeah. is was all part of promoting the Austin Music Video Festival, uh-huh. which is a film festival for music videos. It takes place in December in Austin, five days oh, across theaters and music nice. venues. Kind of combines the, the thoughtful critique... And appreciation of music videos, like a film fe- in a film festival setting, sit, watch, director Q and A, that sort of thing, with the you know high energy of a loud sound system and you know concert experience, and then we do some some parties and actual live concerts and that sort of thing Damn. too. So oh, that's it, it lands in a yeah. fun space. And the thing is, is like you know that's pretty fucking cool. It, it is, man. People, you don't get together with people and watch music videos like you used to. Yeah. And on a loud, on a big screen and a loud sound system is a different experience. Even, yeah. Even us curating them, we'll watch the video. Going to be like, ooh, that's freaking great. Yeah. yeah. So, um, 
it, it's it's really fun. And the thing about music videos, even if you don't like one song, five minutes later you're on to the next thing, and it's great. So, you know, not like you committed to hour and a half French noir film. That you're like, wait a second, I gotta get out of here. Silent black yeah, and white. Yeah, you're like, wait, no, I made the wrong choice. So again, a lot more bite size than at your average film festival. Yeah. Wait, I have a question just because I take you know as a fan of music and music videos. Did you see? Um, What's the front man for Radiohead's name? Tom York. Anima. The, uh, uh, on, on Netflix? The three piece Netflix yeah, thing. Paul piece. Thomas Anderson directed it. Yeah. It's insane. That yeah. was so cool. Very well done. Very uh, well Very done. cool choreography. Dude, you should check it uh, out. Yeah. No idea. So, so Tom York of Radiohead. It's a solo record he just put out, but uh-huh. then they took three songs and basically made this three-part music video, about a 15-minute piece that Paul Thomas Anderson directed. Yeah. Uh, Dude, has just so amazing cool. choreography, great cinematography. Very cool. And yeah, that's like, cool. so we do, we got to do the theatrical premiere of Beyonce's Lemonade. Oh, nice. It had been out on HBO and all these things too. And I had, had a friend with her label and was banging down that door for like six months before we got to that do is, two hey, sold is, out theater is, screenings is. about it. And point is, is like, you know, that sort of long form, like the just evolution of music video, that's where it's at. That's, yeah. that's the like, mm. Oh whoa! This is where this is going. That's why there's a film festival. The full, about this, the full you know storytelling I mean? aspect of that's the pretty song. cool. Sure. And so again, same thing for that piece. Um, you know, uh, knock on wood. We're we're in some talks with the Netflix folks to see what else nice. is, is, is ahead for for them and getting some stuff like that to showcase as well. Very cool. Well, I lo- I grew up watching music videos. Like any mm-hmm. anytime that uh, Michael Jackson and any of them would come out with a new music video. You know, they would air it on like ABC at I mean, this one even time. MTV when it actually used yeah. to air. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Mid nineties and bygone it's gone. Days. Yeah, yeah. It was- but I mean, like MTV used to be cool because Beavis and Butthead was about two people who watched MTV and they sat on the couch <laughs> watching music videos and making fun yeah. of it. Such a now, meta. Yeah, yeah. Now, well, I was watching Sopranos the other day. I was rewatching it. It was the first season, which came out <laughs> like two thousand, two thousand one, and uh, his daughter is watching MTV on the couch with the daughter, you know, with his friend. Wait, which? Sopranos. Oh, yeah. And Meadows watching uh, MTV. There's some like REM music video. And you're just like, yeah. Ah, I was like, oh, watch that anymore. (laughs) Yeah. So again, it's it's something that that people like either knew knew they appreciated at the time, and that's like a bygone era, or you know, you get you get the youngins who go like, I didn't even know we could be watching it like this. (laughs) I just always watch my phone or a computer before I get a text and get interrupted and forget about it. So um, I I love like, see, even when I'm in my own house, like if I'm like doing work or if I'm, you know, sometimes if I'm cleaning or something like that, I'll throw on just a loop of somebody's like uh, or their YouTube like mix and just watch videos like in the background. I just I love the I'm oh I'm fascinated by like music videos. Oh yeah, you know, like they're they're so great. The well, we got to get you guys out to the, to the fest in December. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. So exactly. you know we do the theater thing, like I said, like real seated theater experience, watching stuff. We've had bands perform in the theater, and then we'll do. We did like an experiential thing called uh, Purple Submarine Pajama Party, where you can <laughs> silent disco headphones oh, decide nice. between Yellow Submarine, Purple Rain music videos, or a DJ. Oh, that's cool. And and again, this whole event space was built out to like lounge and beanbag chairs and watch movies or dance party over here watching videos or DJ cool. and like all that sort of stuff. Dude, that's so, fucking insane. Where was that at? Uh, there's this space we've done a few events at now called Native Hostel, uh-huh. which is a... Is that host- here? In Austin. In Austin, okay. Uh, yeah, this is part of the, the festival last year. And um, in Austin, it's a hostel, but also a venue and a bar and a kitchen and many things. That's sweet. Yeah, That's so there's cool. some cool stuff. I mean, Austin's just booming right yeah. now in, in, in types of spaces and in growth, and so there's some really cool stuff like that and, and businesses and 
other promoters we've been able to plug in with. I was whenever I was coming out of um, school, I was de- debating between Austin and LA, and I went to Austin in like July. Uh, for, like, oh, yeah. for like 10 days <laughs> oh, and God. i was that'll like, do it that'll send you and I, I was like holy fuck like i couldn't even step outside without just like being drenched in my oh, own no. sweat it was so hot that's the you know and, that, and then i was just like oh fuck this well is, that's why I, 115 degree like weather a couple days was like over 110 i was just like this is insane this is hot Brutal. the joke is that everyone comes in austin or it comes in south by in march and thinks that this is how Austin is. It's great. It's like, you know, our little window of springtime that's like, you know, sunny 70s, sunny mid 80s. And you're like, yeah, I could do this. Texas is great. And like the town is bumping and everyone parties here. And it's like, that is not always Austin. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, then they move in August, move there in August. And then they're like, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> Their face I, melting off. When I moved here, I told myself I wasn't going to visit Austin in the summer or Texas, even in the summer. And this last trip I took, it was just like July. 20th through August 20th. And I was like, what? damn it. <laughs> yeah, no jacket needed there. No overshirt. It's literally oh, yeah, just no. the thinnest t-shirt exactly. you can And a spare once you slip there that long. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Well, what, what's something that you've learned over time then that, like, just ca- that you wish you would have known earlier in the process? For in general or this film festival? For, for any of it, yeah. Hmm. Um, I'd probably say something to the effect of like, knowing when to say no. Yeah. I mean, you always like when you're young and especially with a new business, like you're yesing to things. You're just trying to pursue every opportunity uh-huh. and like run, you know, go down every road to see what if, you yeah. know, and what can happen. And I think that, you know, there's a few things that hindsight 2020, I, I could have said no to, could have said no to earlier, could have backed out of sooner, you know. Uh, but that's, you know, you have, any you have to take of that those? Do you have anything, was something just... Shit hit the fan and you're just like, ah, this um, isn't me. This well, there's a, there is a festival I helped start, uh, just kind of traditional music festival that I was with a pretty toxic business partner uh, okay, who was yeah. just toxic as a person, yeah. uh, just as much as a business person. Um, <laughs> and, you know, there were definitely, there wasn't as much as signs early on in that kind of courting, like, should we work together period? But then there definitely was like signs that, you know, I, I ended up working this project for like three or four years. And, you know, again, first six, eight months wasn't necessarily clear. About a year in, it was pretty clear. It was like, (laughs) this guy just sucks and is very draining (laughs) and negative as a person and just, like, you don't want to be around. And then, you know, then it started bleeding into the, like, you know, I actually am in in business sticking my neck out for this person or bringing people into the, like, bringing a graphic designer in that this person is treats like shit and doesn't pay. And it kind of followed the arc of... uh, of, of the Trump election <laughs> and then him being a Trump supporter and then just like being like, Oh, this is the worst. Um, anyway, it was on an acid trip in the Arizona <laughs> desert that I was like, Oh, I just need to leave. <laughs> like I was like, I could be making six figures on this project and be miserable. I was like, I'm walking away. Like simple as that. And so damn clear as day. Uh, Arcasanti, Arizona, amazing, amazing place just north of Phoenix, which is like super epic, like planned, planned, this Italian architect, not to divert too much, Italian architect (laughs) built this, this community and all this architecture in line with the universe. So it's like domes that shade the summer sun, but open to the winter sun to, to cultivate warmth. There's a lot of like commune spaces and then a lot of open communal spaces. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, super like masterfully planned place not like master master planned community sounds like it's like a suburb but it's like <laughs> it's like a commune where we're like 
there it's built into a ravine to collect the rainwater to, to oh, fill the well and like stuff that's just super genius. Anyway, dropped acid there in the middle of the desert and was like, <laughs> I understand My everything. You know? My mind is open. Yeah, I actually on the topic of that uh, gave <laughs> when I started this business gave myself the the title of Vision Quest Executive as opposed Vision to Vision Quest. It could have been I could have been CEO or founder like anything else, but I decided Vision Quest Executive aligned a little bit better with my uh I like that. My life Vision Quest. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well yeah and, and then it, 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 yeah, and it was definitely now. like an acid fever dream at some yeah. point. But then I, in 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 reality like you know I'm helping these artists uh, like achieve their visions. Yeah. You know? So I was like oh like, So you're hoping yeah. that they're all slightly have a uh, similarly felt this whenever they've been on acid. Is that what? Uh, I mean, that's not a condition. No. It's not like a requirement. The point is just you that they're... You have to do acid. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, one of my artists is like completely sober, has not touched a thing in most of his life. Oh, you know sure. what I mean? And and it's very admirable, but he's a very driven vision, like visionary person nonetheless. Like, he didn't need the LSD to, to open, <laughs> open that up. He just has a clear vision as a film, because he's a filmmaker too and, and a musician, and he directs most of his videos and like... Yeah, I think Chief Vision Quest Officer would be a good title. Chief Vision Quest Officer. Oh yeah, that way it sounds semi-official. Yeah, yeah. It, my dad was chief, a, right? my dad was an like officer of the law. That's got another comment. Officer, officer feels restricted. Very true. Chief Executive Vision Quest Director. <laughs> Jesus. That's yeah. not going to fit on a name tag. Yeah, I can't put uh, no. that on a business card. I actually was just. Looking at my email signature, I was like, I think it might be time to remove Vision Quest executive. Only because, <laughs> <laughs> like, may or may not have rubbed someone the wrong way somewhere, but whatever. You should just do send out a, a what is that, a chimp mail or something, like where you send everybody, like, does this offend you in any way? Or does yeah. this rub you the wrong way? This you, you can never open up that box on yourself. <laughs> like, no, what are, you're absolutely right. That sounds, that sounds awful. Yeah. What are some of your uh, favorite musical acts right now? Um, I just was told by a great friend about this artist called Black Midi. Black Midi. Black Midi is actually like this weird genre, Japanese MIDI genre, where they stack like millions and millions of MIDI notes into a cover of a song. And it's like absurd. It's like really tough to listen to because it's like <laughs> hyper. I mean, again, the full spectrum of the low end to high end and just it's like so many. Yeah. It's very like dissonant. But they're like covering Taylor Swift and Black Midi, and it's like ah, harsh. Anyway, that's a thing. This band named themselves after that, so this band does not even do that genre. Oh, okay. they're a weird like hybrid. Um, so they're kind of like lightning bolt, like well, thrashy, garagey meets the Talking Heads. Very okay. That that just is the most recent thing to blow me away. Um, again, I like like Tom York's solo album. I mean, I've got a pretty wide palette for stuff. I uh, got a buddy Paul Cawthon, amazing Americana, like folk country artist um are you a uh, saint paul and the broken bones fan i've enjoyed them i've seen them a few times live actually i like them yeah really uh strong live man for sure yeah i like uh my friend tomorrow got invited to a private event i guess arcade fire is playing some private event downtown tomorrow and he got in can we get this invite Where's this? <laughs> I, I didn't get the invite so he got it me and him at night we deliver laundry and <laughs> this dude that he was delivering laundry just had an arcade fire t-shirt and he's like oh man that's my favorite band He's like, oh, I'm like curating this event tomorrow that they're 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 playing what? privately. He's well, like, do you want to get on the list? And he's like, yeah. I was like, fuck, dude, like get me on the list, man. The hell? Were you even with him, or was he no, doing I one run? With, exactly, he was doing one run. And I was like, god damn it. He's man. He, he wasn't like hooking up stuff. Yeah, really. Uh, he didn't even ask 
for a plus one? He did. It's his girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, I was so. about to say, someone else is yeah. that plus one. Well, because yeah. him and his girlfriend, their first date was an Arcade Fire yeah, concert. So, Look at yeah. him go. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm, I'm, circle, I'm a big Arcade Fire fan. So, yeah, I love Arcade yeah. Fire. I loved the, the visuals they've done. We actually did yeah. a, a video retrospective of the Arcade Fire's work at the Awesome Music Video Fest. Nice. That's what we'll do is we'll do, we did like a Spike Jones retrospective of all his body of work. Uh-huh. That's cool. We've done that with uh, Spoon from Austin, um, the Flaming Lips. Uh-huh. Nice. Um, so it's, it's a cool thing to kind of look at someone's evolution in music videos or their whole body of work at once. Yeah. Um, we did that with Neon Indian and he did uh, play live in the theater. Sweet. Um, yeah, love the Arcade Fire. That's a great show. I just went. I just went to see the Cure and the Pixies. Oh, Saw that's that show cool. at, at the Rose Bowl area, um, and I'd never seen either of those. So those were cool. Nice bucket list. Check, yeah, check marks. Is there a, what other bucket list check marks you have? Bands uh, to be checked or that have recently checked. To, 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 to be, be checked. checked. To, be, to checked. be checked. To be checked. Tom Waits. Tom Waits. Really? I just closed my eyes. It's yeah. like it's like up there. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I mean, he just plays so few shows that if that pops up somewhere, that would that's, be cool. That's a place to get to. Um, Why well, is, is he old? I don't know who this is. Do you know what Tom Waits is? He's a very distinct voice. Yeah, Did he sound like similar it, to that. Yeah, that's what I like. Kind of sounds and like he's a just toad. been a real avant-garde <laughs> so artist. Very like 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 a uh, Leonard Cohen uh-huh. almost spoken mm. word poet. Oh, okay. Level yeah. of. Of appreciated musicians. He's yeah. been in some movies and TV shows too. Yeah. You'd probably recognize yeah, him. You'd, you'd probably yeah. recognize his face. Yeah. Yeah. But he I, just I, doesn't. It's not like he's out there touring and just never in the US. He just doesn't play. Yeah. Like he's literally gotten to this point where he's like plays a show every five or six years, oh, if damn. even. So if he and, does play And then somewhere it's like he's playing like Spain for a private event or like yeah. or something, uh, something uh, really like out of pocket. Yeah. Like, or like, you know, he's doing. Uh, a Nobel Prize induction, <laughs> and you're like, "What? Why?" But you're like, "Gonna, you're gonna be playing for those people and not us." <laughs> anyway, so that's a just rare, rare show that, like, you know. Do you know and or like an artist, uh, Trombone Shorty? I am aware of them. I, I think I've only like seen it from afar at a festival. They're, they're I mean, great. it's a thing. I, I, I think from what I remember, like potentially having an artist. Uh, eligible for touring with them or something nice. and looked it up perfor- peripherally then. If you and ever get a chance, see them because uh, they put on a great show. Yeah. And, trombone. Uh, trombone Shorty and the Orleans Avenue band and uh, a lot of horns. I like horns. Oh, yeah. I love them. Well, I've definitely, like, one of my favorite cities is New Orleans. Oh. Um, so I've never I've, been, but I think I'd fall in love. Oh, dude. I, I kind of don't go that's because I vibe, think I will never come back. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> I just keep getting drunk and high and listening to music <laughs> I, and playing. I, the first like three times I went to New Orleans was for Voodoo Fest, oh, which shit. is Halloween weekend in New Orleans at a music festival. Oh my and god, it's insane! I'm kind of you surprised know? you made it out alive. I mean, I was also on acid, <laughs> dressed as Santa Claus, <laughs> which I'll tell you is the no one wants to talk to anyone more than they want to talk to Santa Claus. Everyone had something to say to me, so and as it was never- kicking me, and I was like, "Why is everyone talking to me?" And I was like, "Oh shit, I'm dressed as Santa Claus." That's his, that's Why his did you pick Santa Claus yeah, during people. a Halloween fest? I mean, so basically, one of my best friends, Pat, uh, I for whatever reason, I acquired this Santa Claus costume. But like his mom <laughs> gave it to him, and then I just was like, "That's me. I'm I'm doing that." And so, but then I just kept finding the most inappropriate places to wear a Santa Claus costume to. <laughs> Halloween actually makes sense. That's a costume yeah. at a at a costume yeah. event. You know, <laughs> wearing it at South by Southwest in in the heat of <laughs> Texas March makes no sense. But I've done that. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, it's it's just a thing. It's who doesn't like Santa Claus? That's true. There is a Santa Claus run, I think, in L.A. There's yeah. like a five k. Even in, oh, run. I thought you meant like a bar crawl. There's those too. Oh, That's what I'm yeah, saying. There are that, plenty right. of. There's yeah. a Santa Con. Santa you know Con. What I mean? yeah, there's there's a, a Santa Con. There's like the, that. That it's it's a thing. So let's, all, let's go to Santa Claus. Santa Con. Santa Con. Yeah, let's go to that one. There's a. I know in New York. There's <laughs> take like, this whole thing a, on the road. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interviews. Talk to all these Santas. <laughs> get the backstory. <laughs> I think the best comment I got there, dressed as Santa, while I was on acid, was a guy just goes, "Hey." I never got that bike. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Just deadpan. You can say some fucked up shit too. (laughs) Hey, my dad never came back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God damn. Okay. So your tour, like, so do you have a favorite city that you like to visit outside of, of course, I assume Mexico city, Austin and LA, since that's where you're, yeah, that's where, where I've planted for, for various reasons. I mean, New Orleans is up there for visiting. I recently went to Oaxaca, which is amazing for in Mexico for mm, the Mezcal, mm. many things. Merida Mezcal, in, in, yeah. in Mexico was great, um, which is like in the Yucatan towards Tulum, but it's not as like touristy as Tulum. Um, recently did... Some mushrooms and <laughs> you get catching a running theme. Yeah, with yeah, yeah, this, yeah. Uh, did some mushrooms. How are you business like? Yeah, how, how are you getting work done? Yeah. God, I mean, this is like I've given you like three stories <laughs> in the course of like tw- thirty-three years of my life. I'm very, I'm very much, you know, um, of the go, go. Get some clarity, hey, and I, then I, bring it back and, and it's become actually, productive. Uh, you know? Dude, Lord Michaels. Before he, you know, became showrunner for SNL, that's what he would do. Is I bet he still does. Man. I, bet he, I bet he still does too. He takes his I'm summer sure season, and yeah. you know, yes, he's like I don't, I didn't, don't do any of this remotely as much as I did, but yeah. you know, would certainly like go take a, you know, I've I've been thinking too much, I've been stressed, blah blah blah. I'm just yeah. going into the wilderness and eating some mushrooms. I do that. I went to Sequoia in June. That's actually what I was saying. Oh, so no. This was mushrooms in Sequoia yeah. National Park. Yeah, I just brought mushrooms <laughs> to Sequoia. Uh, yeah, dude, it was amazing. I had a, and especially how like, many people when they go to the Sequoias do you think are bringing a lot? I bet well, most, most, most people that go camping tend to have like some kind of hallucinogens <laughs> on them. I, I would I would put money. Obviously, not like if you have brought your kids and shit, but. Like people our age that go. Maybe. Actually, yeah. I'd probably funny. say there's like a yeah. 60 to 75% of non-family campers yeah, are just, eating psychedelics. Yeah. That's a high percentage. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I mean like yeah. it, it's a perfect place. Have you ever done hallucinogens? Uh, that's a no. Uh, <laughs> that's a no. Not like willingly in the sense of like. Uh, <laughs> you got dosed? You just got I, like well, drugs? Somebody gave me something at one point that I took and they're like, ah, oh, that's. That's ecstasy. That's crack. <laughs> it was. It was, it was crack. Like, Wait, that's well, ecstasy. I would say MDMA and ecstasy are different yeah, experiences. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So that's all. I'll give you your end. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. That's, that's I've been drugged, but yeah. yeah. yeah, no, yeah. I, I, now I see why. I, oh, yeah. I try to, because I don't fully, it took me a while to get used to just, you know, smoking pot. Like, so it's just like, <laughs> oh. I don't necessarily yeah. want. I think all these things aren't for everybody. I think that, yeah. I think that, you know, a, a, if one can be in the right mental state that a small, like mushrooms has been known to like help depression. You yeah. Know I mean, yeah. mushrooms has some really great properties for just unlocking some pieces of your mind that I think, you yeah, know, I again, really especially if you could do a nice mushrooms. micro dose about it. Yeah. There's, there's a happiness that comes really from it. There's a great euphoria. A freeing yeah. euphoria. I mean, like I, I, my, taking mushrooms as a 15 year old was more of one of the most impactful moments of my life being like, holy shit. 
it doesn't matter what people think. Yeah. You know what I mean? Literally yeah. like, you know, going through adolescence into middle school or high school or whatever it wasn't at that point and being like, wait a second. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. It was so freeing at, yeah. at that age when you're so aware of all, you know, all these like other things. you're worried about everything. Yeah, you're just, just like, yeah. And then you're like, no, yeah. whoa. And then also being like, holy shit, matter, energy, the, yeah. the, the world, like the, just your perspective is so blown out of like really my life and I'm so subconscious of my acne. Yeah. You know? yeah. You're like, holy shit. Well, that's yeah, how that's I felt right. like when I went to Sequoia because I was like, like LA was kind of stressing me out for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I went on a four day camp trip and it was on top of mountain, but me and my friend, we just took shrooms and I was like, dude, fuck LA. Like I, mean, I still want to live there, but I was like, it's not going to affect my overall yeah. happiness in life. Yeah. You shouldn't let it. Yeah. You yeah. shouldn't. And that's the, and that's, that's the like thing you Yeah. I was like, cool. like, you just let it go yeah, and ride it out. Yeah. And I also like visuals a lot. Yeah. I'm, I'm really big into that shit. I grew up with hippies. My parents were hippies. <laughs> First concert they ever took me to, I was eight, was a Moody Blues concert. Ooh, that's, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Then my mom took me to Roger Waters at Jones Beach Amphitheater because she was a big Pink Floyd fan. So, And my dad's a big Janis Joplin fan. So, I have the funniest was- musical upbringing. My mom was like, Baptist Christian and would basically just listen to crap Christian radio. <laughs> oh, my grandma taught me classical piano and then my dad played jazz. Nice. And my dad is this weird like contradiction of a person in that he's like a surfer. I'm also counting on my parents not listening to this interview. <laughs> so if, you if you haven't told, by the way, tag my name lightly on the internet. Anyway, my dad's like a, a surfer jazz musician um Who's a? Did you say he's a cop? Who's a conservative Christian cop? Oh shit! You know, and I'm like, how do you? And there's so much from the jazz and the surfing. Yeah, there's a lot of jazz that I that I that you wouldn't be conservative. Yeah, (laughs) jazz is one of the more freeing musical art forms. Then there's so much from the the philosophies of jazz and surfing that I took and absorbed that I was like, how are you not getting that side of this world (laughs) when you're over here like conservative Christian cop? Like, like what? Whoa, you know. Um, but so again, musically too, that little combination for me was really strange. Cause it was like all that. Then finally like 12 or 13, me like getting Columbia CD club and like picking up my own shit, which, <laughs> which ranged from like a Dave Matthews CD. Again, didn't know what I was getting. Yeah. Dave Matthews CD, Radiohead's kid a, yeah. and then like, you know, a few other things, but like dabbing and in, dabbling into secular music. Like, oh my, you know, <laughs> devil music, devil music. But again, my mom's like, she didn't know what this Columbia yeah. CD club's got. Anyway, then it was like, <laughs> and then, yeah, then mushrooms a few years Were later. Were you having to secretly on. listen to music somehow? Did you just put the CDs in no. like Christian music cases? So that way it looked. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I, I don't think my mom, especially at that age, she was like admitting to being like, you're going to do what you're going to do. Yeah. Realistic enough in that regard. But I think, uh, she just, yeah, didn't, she did, wasn't like, so, you know, if, if it would have been like heavy rock screaming fuck, she'd have heard that and been like, wait a second, what? Yeah, yeah. But Radiohead was like moody, weird music. She's yeah. like, I don't know what he's listening to in there or whatever, you know? <laughs> well, that's how my sister got caught because she was listening to like, you know, Tupac and like that stuff yeah. growing up. So then my mom was like, what is that music they're saying? I bet if it was more hip hop, my mom would have been like, yeah. oh my, yeah. my, my mom was like, F words, no. My mom's like, Harry Potter's demonic. That was like my <laughs> oh, mom's. <shit. laughs> like, freaking A. Like, you're real. What's, uh, what's your background, like ethnically? Uh, Italian, big Italian family. Yeah, nice. um, and then just, yeah, uh, other European bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Do you but have Italian's what? I actually only child, but I have only like, child, okay. like, like uh, a bunch of cousins, cousins and yeah. yeah and other family members my um 
So yeah, I always feel like Italian was the most dominating cultural aesthetic. And my family is from New York. So nice. we're like New Yorker Italian. I'm from New York. Yeah, yeah. see that. My sister married to a big Italian family. So. Yeah. So, so that culturally felt like what my family was yeah. for sure. And then, you know, I bet if I had 23 and meet me right now, I'd, I'd be like <laughs> South American and, and you know, deep anything. African. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Nothing what you You're said. 50% yeah. Nigerian. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's barely any Italian in you. What is your family been doing this whole time? Yeah. I wonder how many like souls 23 and me has crushed. crushed. Especially for like racist pieces of shit. Oh, dude. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. like, oh, I'm like 5%. I'm pure white. Then, Racism like, and then like cheating families. <laughs> yeah. or, like, You're not my dad. Holy shit. Yeah. You know, just like, Things like that being oh, found out. Oh shit! It, that's, happened. that's happened. That is happening. Yeah. That's crazy. I want to see those videos. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guess what? What does it say? Yeah. Oh, oh shit. Oh shit. That's why I watch Maury just so I can see who the father is. No. I'm, what, what, Maury. Yeah. <laughs> like, Maury. Yeah. Yeah. Maury. I wonder what the percentage is. Is it fifty? Is it what is the percentage of them being the father? Is there has somebody done the statistics on I don't Maury? Know, How many times has it been the father? I feel like it's usually not the father, and then the woman gets all pissed. Well, that's because she's always like, "I, that's I know it's TV. him." Yeah, that's exactly. what they want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had uh, I had a friend of mine on Facebook uh, post about how he got some notice from one of the judge shows because it, the, the thing said, hi, we're from blah, 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 judge show. We noticed that you have a pending charge against, you know, like a small claims request against you. Would you be willing to come on the show shit. to do other show? And I was like, oh, yeah, you'd be the kind of person that'd be... <laughs> I, uh, As he's telling place. you the story, yeah. you're like, guess what yeah. happened to you? No, yeah, yeah. Not, I did one of those shows when I first got out here. Ooh. It was Justice for All with Christina Perez. Ooh. They film in Culver. All those judge shows film in Culver. Okay. This, I'm interested. Um, okay. They pay you $75 cash. Okay. And you argue what, so you improv it. You mm-hmm. argue what was supposedly real cases, like mm-hmm. they're just, you know, insane and stupid. And <laughs> they don't script it as far as like what you say and what, like, the judge right there makes a decision. It takes like maybe 40 minutes to film each of those things. Yeah. So they film like what? Crank like them out. 14 a day. Yeah, exactly. Crank those shits out. And uh, mine was, I was suing, I was the defendant and I was suing uh, for a wrongful termination uh, for getting too drunk at a Christmas party because as a recovering alcoholic, I didn't realize that the, the, the punch was spiked and I got too crazy and, you know, at the party and was just very sloppy <laughs> and they'd let me go. And I was like, that's bullshit. You know, and oh, I, you couldn't say that, yeah. Well, because, yeah. But I ended up losing. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I, was like, <laughs> I was pretty pissed at the judge because, like, she's definitely not an actor. So I was like, "You suck." How? how <laughs> just like, I'm doing a great Do job just, of improvising. You just this agree, yeah, exactly. Do you agree that their verdict is binding? Because, like, how binding would their verdict be outside of you, you like admitting to or like saying that it has to be? You know, because you'd be yeah. like, "Wait, no, screw that. I'm going to a real judge and do this yeah, for real." Exactly. You know, like. Well, no, his is fake because yeah, yeah. mine was. So the people were at one point real judges, and now they're fake TV judges. Yeah, got it. But uh, she misheard me. And I was like, oh, she was like, how old are you? I was like, 30. She's like, you don't look 40. And I was like, I didn't say 40. I said 30. And she never like acknowledged it. She was like, you know, well, I just feel like if you're 40 years old, you should really know what you're drinking. And I was, I was like, like, I'm 30. I was like, first off, do I look 40, you <laughs> dumb bitch? <laughs> <laughs> I want to see this clip. Is this something? Dude, I actually, I, trust me, I've tried to, I tried find, to find it, it. And I can't find it. But I know what the episode, uh, episode is called. It's called Luck of the Irish. 
And it's on a Judge Perez. Judge, Judge, Judge Christina Perez. Justice for all. A set of my friends, which includes James and some of the other people, all came here and went on the Wayne Brady when they all, or at some point, when they're the, with the, the Wayne Brady show with costumes, yeah, yeah, and they yeah. all won things. Oh, oh, three, fuck. it's like a set of three friends, all all related. Like one won a car. Did they know James won like a washer dryer, and then <laughs> Cody <laughs> won a trip to Paris. Oh, oh nice. that's right. Yeah. With his with his, with his ex-wife. ex-wife now at this point. That's right. Wait, was is the ex-wife at the time? No, or no, no there's the about that they're they're either about to get married because they were supposed to go on that. Did they go on that trip? I don't I think remember. They did. I think they did. Okay, but I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? That, I think that was when it was going well. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was when it was. Going don't well. tune in. <laughs> I love you, Cody. <laughs> yeah, I love those guys. Oh God, did they know somebody on the show though? No, I think they just all got like basically was like it was pretty easy to get on, just like you know, be a character and like because be again fun. they yeah, they they were all entertainment all value working yeah. actors, you know, and it's like that's you know they want people that are to that. come bring. Some some life drama it, and yeah. life to it, not like the not the person probably taking like it too did. seriously. Yeah. <laughs> like you did, where you just give, give a scenario and just make it up. And <laughs> yeah, well, they give you the scenario and then you just have to argue. So I went I went to a judge um, casting at one point. Really? And it was well, I, I walked out after like like I spent two hours there already at that point. And I was just like, they're not gonna. This is this is not for me. But like they had, they just had tons of people like sitting in. Where was this? Was it a cast with a Z? No, 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 no. This is, this is, this is at like a place. It was like a, like a work. I don't know. It was all like a laminate floor. Yeah. An industrial area. But in Culver. I don't know if it's in Culver though. It's gotta be. Most of them are in Culver. Was there a couch? Did you get casting? No. (laughs) But there's, I mean, there's just chairs lined up next to each other. I don't know. There's a hundred chairs. And so there's a hundred, 115 people in there and they like. They're like, okay, if you fall in between this age range, was it, it? Tell me if it's this one. If you fall, like, if you are eighteen to like twenty-eight and you're a female, stand up. And so, like, everybody in that range would stand up, and then they'd be like, eh, if you're, you know, uh, 40, 40 to fifty, female, stand up, stand up. And then they'd be like, all right, the scenario is like, uh, the niece is. Whatever, like a niece is upset at their aunt for something, it's like all, at a party, like it's some also kind of thing. Stage. Yeah, <laughs> and so then, so then they would wa- there'd be one person. This, there, there's this like black lady who would just walk in, just very stoic with a clipboard, because she'd come out and she'd say this scenario, uh, you know, like the niece is upset about the aunt saying something silly at a party, and that that embarrassed her, and it was it caused all kinds of things. So then she'd walk around just really slow and stoic, and she'd point at you, and then. When she points at you, you just start like improvising your anger, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she would just like she'd point at you, and then when she'd stop pointing at you, you'd stop, and then she'd go to the next person, so point at you to be a reality TV yeah. producer, yeah, and then she would walk, she'd point at you. You have to do something. Point at you. I would hate that. Yeah. So after like, uh, so I was there for like two hours, <laughs> and it feels yeah. like the most exploitive non-real yeah. audition That's too, because it's like sit, wait around till you get yeah. pointed at. I'd rather be, be re- casting couch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least I know I'm going to get yeah, this role. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> That's what you I'm guys saying. are going to hear this interview, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I was just, after like two hours, I was just like, well, fuck this. Like, literally, yeah, I stood up and I just like, all right, backpack on. <laughs> I just walked, sullied myself. Like, I just walked the fuck out. It was like, fuck this. Yeah, that's this is, ins- it was like, and, and that's how I knew that none of those things were real. Mm. That's how I found out. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know that prior. 
It's all bullshit. Yeah, it's everything's a lie. The Hollywood yeah. mirage. Yeah, <laughs> it's all a lie. <laughs> would you uh, would you ever want to start your own record label? Um, Ooh. you know, if I had a a really wealthy friend <laughs> or just came into like a crap ton of money, um, I might. I think that I just don't feel like that's the most sound. I don't know. It's just it forces you. I mean, like I'm all in enough with the, the people I'm managing in yeah. a sense, mm-hmm. but it's like, you know. You just are really all in in that capacity. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a you like the fact that you get to do like dabble into all of these things. Sure. Well, and that and then I'm in this equitable relationship with the artists, whereas they succeed, I succeed. Mm. There's a bit of a dynamic with a label where it's like you know, you know, you, you have to, you have well, to, yeah. or else. Well, no, or just that like I'm I'm investing in it, and then like if it doesn't go so well, I'm just moving on from you. You mm-hmm. know, like because because. Yeah. Eventually, the label game becomes a numbers game and becomes a cataloging game. Yeah, it's not. They're even just about trying the to control as many masters as they can, yeah. mm-hmm. and you know they they may even with the best intentions want to invest in in you and your your artistry and and your album, and you know it goes one way or it doesn't, or something changes with their corporate investment or however that plays out, and then they have to pivot and you know. Your shit's stuck with them, and that's just how it is, you know. So there's, I don't know, there's, there's some pitfalls, I'd say, to that. Too. So that doesn't interest you. If you did come into a bun- bunch of money, what would you do with it? Just outside of doing a bunch of yeah. <laughs> mushrooms and ass, <laughs> mushrooms and ass, yeah, exactly. in an even deeper, darker forest. No, um, I don't know. It's really funny coming up in the music industry as much as I have, and some of my other friends that have, are along the similar path of of independent music people and, and managers. Like we're all looking for things outside of music to make, make some, <laughs> yeah. make some side or like as, as like an investment strategy there, you mm-hmm. know, uh, we've built these businesses and we're, we're operating and it's, it's a thing. And, you know, this is, this is my f- full-time career and it's, it's, it's working, but you know, I'm like, cool. There are definitely like, like gotta be w- easier well, ways to make. Well, yeah. Easier or just more conventional or safer, Bets, you know, and it's like, yeah. again, the like, you know, 60 year old me was like, fuck accountants, you know, fuck like being any, <laughs> yeah. any like fuck being responsible stable, money. <laughs> stable, basic thing. Like, I'm not putting money into a house. You know what I mean? And now I'm like, should put some money into a house. You know what I mean? Like, let's, let's just have a house and some real estate investments that are nice and safe over there. So it's like, it would probably be some stupid shit like that. Yeah. At least like, that's why I was like, I would need a shit ton of money. So I know that all that's taken care of. And then I could be like, cool, time to squander and really, that's a, that's the other thing. Like the amount of money you really need to be putting into a label for it to be successful is is a lot. A lot. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's like you know, again, I I do these artist campaigns sometimes where they're investing somewhere between fifty to a hundred thousand dollars into a, a release cycle um, of of their own or invested money or earned money in some capacity, and you know that's still a a a long road versus yeah. versus other labels and other entities putting you know. Five hundred thousand dollars into one artist and mm-hmm. into one release. What do you? What do you? What's your thoughts on, or what's your opinion on, um, people who do like subscription based like music stuff? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like they they do like monthly subscriptions totally. to like uh, I, their fans or whoever. I who- I love that. I think that is like. I mean, when all that stuff was really coming bubbling up, crowdsourcing and Patreon and and all this those sort of models, like it, it's interesting to me in a in a historical sense of like kind of returning to the Baroque 
time of patrons of the arts where you mm. literally like, you know, there was the patrons of the symphony just paying Bach to keep making sonatas and, and more symphonies. And it's just like, that's just how this works. You know what mm. I mean? We're constantly mm-hmm. paying into this pool of artistry. Mm. And I think that's a, a realistic model. And actually like values art for what it's worth because it's a process and it's a story and it's a thing. It's like, then became a product. Mm-hmm. And again, when you think of like historically music, it, it finally got printed to record and printed to sheet music and those things became the products. Mm. And then, you know, print, and now it's digital music and that's just a product. We just need to sell as many of those as possible. And the process and the, the artist as a, as a needed sustainable cultural thing can get lost in that because their products stop selling like, Fuck them on to the next one, you know, yeah. or like, oh, yeah. or like, again, they yeah. no longer have the freedom to keep making more things, you know, um, it's like, yeah, historically in, in some of these legacy artists, we know, even like the Cure and the Pixies who I saw, it's like, if they didn't have the long, the long-term investment that somebody put in them to develop, like they, we might not have seen some of their most seminal work or we, you know, they would have fallen off or they would have gone and become a fucking accountant, you know? <laughs> so man, we are shitting on accountants. Yeah, really <laughs> Too bad. Good thing hey, my, my dad doesn't listen to this cause he's an accountant. <laughs> my brother, yeah. My <laughs> brother's one of our main, uh, our main listeners. He's he is definitely an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bro. No. And by that, I mean like, you know, and that's why like jokingly when I'm talking about investing in things, I'm like invest in stable things. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like yeah. accounting, well, my, <laughs> like an accounting firm. Yeah, actually, my, I'm gonna buy an accounting firm. My, my buddy or my brother has a my brother has a theater degree and he's an accountant. Mm-hmm. So you know that goes to show you. Yeah, it goes to show you. You don't necessarily need it. I you guess. Don't need you numbers. Turns out you don't need an accounting degree to become an accountant. <laughs> that's what my, my mind's blown. Oh, that's great. But yeah, in, in any case, I think that that those. People that cultivate an audience, like, I mean, that's kind of right at the moment when I started my label services company in relation, in, in my time at Berkeley was like on the, on the cusp of this movement kind of called direct to fan, mm-hmm. which was just a kind of huh. ideology of like, how do we, you know, rather than going through iTunes and then they taking their 30%, how do we cultivate a music business and, and an artist business that is that is developing a relationship directly with the fans, selling directly to the fans. And then again, all these things started blooming off of that, such Mm -hmm. as the subscription and the like subscribe to everything I'm putting out or let me have this one-to-one conversation with you constantly and giving you private updates because you're a subscriber and, and all that sort of thing, you know? And and really it was just like, it was just, and it's nothing that crazy. It's been done plenty, but it was just building some more infrastructure around like the tool set and the e-commerce to sell directly to a fan without a middleman, like mm-hmm. minimizing how much money was getting cut off the top yeah, for every it was being sale. Skimmed, yeah, you know, so that 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 was just like cool. Let's you know cultivate these relationships directly with the fan base versus through the label yeah. to that fan base, or through radio to that fan base, yeah. or through you know all these other gatekeepers. Well, it's it's crazy because like Patreon now is worth like four hundred million dollars or something like that, and but it's also it's what's not even- Patreon. It's the the pay like it's if the you platform for these creators to have a subscribe to me sort oh, of yeah presence. Yeah, so there's a big one in music called Pledge Music that just got like that just kind of folded and got sued because they basically like people certain artists and they did some pretty big campaigns had a big thing. Certain artists, uh, you know, completed a a campaign, campaign uh-huh. a you know crowdsourcing campaign like. $50,000 and we're doing this. And then the company didn't and couldn't pay them their money. 
What? Oh, yeah. and that was Pledge to me? Pledge music. Pledge music. Uh, oh, it's definitely, God. definitely a, a dramatic thing. So, oh. and it's, it's, so I, people I mean, donated this money it's, that it's, the company didn't give to the artist. Yeah. Yeah. And, and basically, shit. like, stealing, they, they did it successfully for like six, eight, ten years, some amount, some uh. solid amount of time before whatever went wrong just went horribly wrong. <laughs> oh, and like, God. the people that, that, Unfortunately, did campaigns in the final like three months of the in the death woe or whatever happened because I don't Just honestly know nothing. all the details. Like got really screwed over. Uh, really, yeah. Both yeah. again, in a sense, both the fans that thought they yeah, were buying yeah. something and the artists that needed that money to produce yeah. and release something. Well, and see, the I don't actually I know Patreon more. Um, I mean, I do know it on the music side because uh, my good friend she is grew up with. Um, Natalie from Pomplamoose, which Pomplamoose mm-hmm. is... Uh, they champion. They're they, really at the forefront of that. Yeah, they're at the forefront of, like, Patreon. So, like, I know of that kind of music side of it, but I know... There's mostly, a lot more other creators. But, too. yeah, and, and so, like, mostly, like, um, models um, do Patreon to continue to put their, like, pictures <laughs> and things like that on there. So, like, they'll have people like me giving them $5 yeah. a month. So, like, big booty hoes. Yeah, yeah, okay. they, yeah. Nice. Tattooed, big booty. Oh, I love that stuff. Uh, Brazilian, but or, I mean, it's no, also it's but yeah, great yeah. that they found a way to be, <laughs> exactly. to be to monetize it and not just be completely exploited yeah. as as that's like photographers yeah. and photography's done for for so long, you know. And it's a it's real neat that that's how that it, it has expanded just from the music side, and then it's like any kind of artist, content creator. Yeah, there's comedians, yeah. there's podcasters, there's all yeah. kinds of people just making whatever their product output is. Yeah, you're subscribing to that, and there's different levels of subscription, different levels of access. And, yeah. Uh, so like you know five dollars get you this much ten dollars get you this fifteen and so forth. So if you get like the higher up ones, you get more content. Another kind of definitive like piece of knowledge that I found at some point in this process was reading this book called The Future of Music, which has this concept about music like water as a utility, and was essentially you know came, dropped in about maybe two thousand and was and was predicting smartphones, streaming culture, all this sort of things, and Damn. um. There's this whole analogy because you mentioned like models. There's this whole analogy about the porn industry and music as a as a like giving away a free amount of it to get people to subscribe to it and like just all these parallels to it. That's pretty wild. Oh wow! Yeah, cool. I never have even thought about that. Yeah. But yeah, that makes sense. Well, and, you and have to content give a little, in a sense. Yeah, like just you have to give away a little bit so then you get people going. Hey, I well, want yeah, to, to create ingest. fans of a particular yeah. brand and then getting that. You know, there's a uh, damn. That's brilliant. There's a very famous porn star named Mia Khalifa. She just did an interview this week. I know who, yeah. You Everybody would, knows who that you would, is. Exactly. So yeah. she quit she porn. She apparently only did it for like exactly. months. Exactly. Like she only months. did it for like three months. Yeah. And she stopped five years ago. And she's still to this day, the num- like the third most searched yes. Cor- porn. That's and she said yeah. she made. And she only made 12 grand. Yeah, she only made 12 yeah. grand. She lives yeah. in Austin, actually. Oh. Oh, damn. With her boyfriend? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Cincinnati Reds fan. I follow her on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that on a video once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just read a fact. I don't know. <laughs> Yes, you. I don't know. It's weird that she's still the number. That's the crazy. Top three. I mean, it is. I she's mean, like top three. Again, to pull that, you know, back into the uh, music world. The music world, <laughs> yeah. or you know, to the. I wasn't gonna say moral or whatever. You know, <laughs> uh, to the family friendly music world. Um, it's like you know, it's like like Sugar Man making this record that you know mm-hmm. in the '60s that he thought he disappeared and was poor and like yeah. nothing, and then it was blowing up in Brazil. And, just uh, like you know, like it's like somebody doing something once. And then it taking this life of its own that they yeah. never 
never got to reap the benefits. Yeah, or just like you know, was way out of their control. It's was, it was wild. Damn. Yeah, porn stars don't get like residuals or anything. Yeah, yeah. that's wild. Yeah, but I mean, I mean they just get paid for the shoot. They don't even. I don't think they get anything off the back end when they sell units of like DVDs. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, Is unless it, unless you're probably. Like, and let, you have to be like now. I'm sure that yeah. that like all these it things keeps it, it keeps evolving, and yeah. you know, as you get star status, and now is it's probably like they've been slided long enough that now they're saying, oh no, we no, I want, want these this. deal terms, yeah. you know. Yeah. But again, you have to get some What's status life, to be yeah. able to get exactly. There. What is the what is the lifespan of a the career of a that uh, that Rashida uh, Jones documentary talks about it? I know I watched the average that. shelf life. Of I didn't. Like, I don't uh, remember that though. I guess. Fresh face porn stars maybe five months. Really? Yeah. Seriously. I guess average Maybe. because like average because there's, there's so there's many so, that there's are just such an influx never, of women yeah. and only some of them break to like, you know, Jenna Jameson status. Yeah. And then even then like Riley Reed status, any of those. Yeah, like those time, yeah. and then they like drop off. Yeah, that's insane. But right now Abella Danger is my favorite. Yeah. I took a picture with her at Ralph's. <laughs> <laughs> Which crazy uh, because you said that I was like I don't know who this is. So I looked her up and I was like I would have never recognized this person. Really? Ever. That's what my friend said too yeah. because my friend was like oh dude like when he looked her up after I took the picture He's like, I've definitely, you know, seen her videos. And uh, nice he's like, he's like <laughs> did you say I'm a fan of your work? I did. I, so I was in Ralph's. This is, is this, that, is it, is there a better thing to say? I don't know. What's, what's I mean, the dude, most, they know what's up. They know like you're a guy wanking it to their shit. So like, you gotta be super honest. Like, oh, I was actually uh, studying your, my modern contemporary film. Class. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. so I went up to her cause I waited for her to get her stuff. And I was like, Hey, he was like, um, yeah, I was just wondering if I can get a picture with you. And she's like, oh, my God, I don't have any makeup on. And I'm like, no, that's fine. You're, like, you're cute, whatever. She's like, cool. And I was like, thank you. I'm like a fan of your work. <laughs> she's like, oh, thanks. And then that was it. Yeah, I guess we're. How yeah, there's probably not a better way to say that. Because yeah, <laughs> no, you don't want to be like, hey, I jerk off to you. No, I don't think you want to yeah. say that at all. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that was even on the table as a, a feasible other option here. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do some pros and cons of things yeah, to yeah. say. I've That's seen you before. Porn star, yeah. Where do I recognize Where do you from? I, know you from? Yeah. I bet a lot of people get that. Yeah, they probably do. And, and I, I what is the best yeah. response for that? If she gives, she she'd probably goes, be like porn. You know me from porn. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if they're if they're yeah, if they're porn stars, if they're loud and proud, yeah, that's great. Straight to yeah, most of them are. Yeah, it's porn. You've seen me in porn. I'm a big advocate for the porn industry. Yeah. You're with your dad, and you've seen me in porn. <laughs> <laughs> I just called you out. Busted. Yeah, they probably don't have dads. Oh, oh God. Oh, Lenny. <laughs> oh, you were just, I meant, I meant you, the person identifying yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Was oh, oh, Lenny had to take it to burn, a mean yeah. place. <laughs> to a mean place. Shit on Lenny. all the porn stars. Oh, no, no. How no, did no. we get here? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure it was me drawing the porn to music. That's true. Uh, I just latched onto that one word. My ear heard that. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like I know a porn. Porn. <laughs> I know lots about it. <laughs> I know lots about it. <laughs> How is your back? Is it? Are you okay? I'm I'm constantly moving because yeah, each I, position, like right now, the way I'm sitting, eventually wears out, and you're like, yeah, I exactly. Get. So right oh, now, these are ergonomic chairs. You get yeah, a nice. Exactly. It was because I've never seen Jake sit like this. In exactly. Chair. That's why. <laughs> so that's you're why worried. Like, yeah, I was like, is your back okay? Well, because usually I sit forward and it it's, it hurts to lean. So I'm oh man. Like this. Yeah, you've been in this chair since I got here. <laughs> yeah. So so and then again, it wasn't until we got walk, this interview you mentioned his back being hurt. So I've not been thinking about it. But when we're done and like there's a good shake chance, hands to get out of here, you're just gonna like, paralyze from the waist down. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Oh, we'll just shock therapy uh, into Yeah, because that works. Yeah. Really? <laughs> 
I broke my hand once, and whenever I went to, uh, well, first off, we didn't believe in doctors, so I never went to a doctor. What? Uh, when I broke my hand, <laughs> Wait, we didn't what have do you insurance. Mean? We didn't have insurance. Oh, so I never, mean you don't believe in doctors. I don't believe in doctors. What? I don't. Let me. Um, what if you got AIDS right now? You'd just be like, fuck it. I don't need <laughs> God. What if he gave you AIDS yeah, right yeah. now? What if I gave you AIDS right now? You wouldn't take modern medicine to help it? I don't know. I'd probably do the I thing that Nipsey used. I'm with you. To, I don't believe it. That's why he I don't, died. I don't like, yeah, I don't like just, prescription drugs yeah, in the, like, the yeah. modern medical system. Again, I, doctors as far as like, I, truly, I, broke a, I broke a finger. I would have gone to a doctor yeah, for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we didn't have insurance. Look, but okay. they... Yeah, getting back to That's another issue with... Yeah, didn't have yeah. I was I don't know I was like 13 didn't have insurance so my mom did the best thing she thought she could do which is take me to a chiropractor which you can like make sure that the bones are healing ish in the right area yeah. but he would do these like muscle thingy where you put it on and it like spasms your muscle oh, to try yeah, to yeah. like get it to like, set to right. reset yeah, yeah. Huh. And it was excruciating. You guys want to hear another great mushroom story? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I kind of want to do mushrooms with you. <laughs> I mean, we need to take Lenny on yeah, this, we'll this Lenny. first real oh, journey. God. Um, I'd freak out. When the first time I took edibles, I, I put myself to bed because I mean, that's like, edibles can't turn on me. Things, yeah. like, things, started, they, uh, things started coming out of the walls, and oh, I was yeah. just like, ah! I was just in Edibles can be a pretty heavy hallucinogen. Yeah. Okay, okay, so cool. yeah. that's your closest to hallucination. Okay, great. And it scared the shit out of you. Edible, uh, I was, it was like, I'm going to bed. I have to go to bed. I'm going to yeah. bed. So I closed my eyes and laid down. Of course, I, I think you're asleep, more but... likely to get the dread with yeah. with an edible than, than with a mushroom because mushrooms got this taste of like happiness oh, yeah. to it. And so like what, the dread is a term? well. That's no, that's not a term. I'm just oh. using it in the sense of like <laughs> the dread. dread like just it. yeah. No, you know dread, what I mean? yeah. I'm literally gonna, I'm gonna, the that, dread. That'll give you the dread. Yeah. Wait, wait. I want to hear this mushroom story. Yes. So we're. Go, we're in Mexico. We're uh, with with the band I manage, Capiac. We're uh, exploring cenotes in Merida. What's that? Don't cenotes know. are um, pyramids. Are those the pyramids? No. So around some of the pyramids, cenotes were believed to be these sacred spaces. Basically, it's like a tunnel down into this this underwater. Oh, cool! Swimming oh, holes. Yes. Nice. Like really, a like cave cave swimming holes. Yes, cave. but they're very like individualized. It's not like I mean, I presume there's probably tunnels elsewhere, but they they like live. Like they were all built little, by. Well, they're not built. No, no they're, they're natural. They're naturally natural. occurring. Oh, yes, and okay. and you know, indigenous people believe they were connection to the underworld. Yeah, oh, that's um, cool. so there's a lot of spirituality around them and a lot of interesting kind of mythology. Yeah. Um, so we found this one place that has a whole set of them, and you can ride bikes around between them all. So we were like, let's eat some mushrooms and do this <laughs> thing. And uh, I actually finally just deleted the video on, on my phone of it. But I was like, cool, I'm capturing this moment. Uh, phone in my pocket, riding bikes, doing the thing. Um, my bike didn't have brakes. Um, <laughs> and there's also these railroad track. There's a railroad track. You could, like, get carted around on donkeys and railroad tracks. Oh, or nice. you can ride your bikes. So we were like, let's, you know, get a little exercise and, <laughs> you know, get these mushrooms kicking in, ride right. these bikes. Um, so, anyway, don't have brakes. Uh, have to... Take this turn over the oh. railroad tracks, which seemed a little dubious. And I was like, I got to take this just right because I feel like hitting the railroad tracks is going to throw me the fuck off yeah, of this seriously. bike. Um, so I end up trying to take this turn a little late and too fast. And I run into a tree oh. with my foot and body in between this bike, you know. Jesus. And then I'm like, oh, shit. And so, yeah, this video is just. <laughs> and then, you know, and I'm like, 
I'm like, ooh. So, <laughs> so I continue the rest of the bike ride and get to the cenote. Everyone got a little ahead of me. And I'm like, my foot feels a little weird. <laughs> and I, uh, I, I'm i wearing like a sandal, a slip-on sandal. Oh, cool. Not okay. like a cup, fully covered toe, but a slip-on sandal. So I couldn't see my feet, but I was like, it feels wet in there or something. I was like, it's going to be so bloody. Yeah. I was like, at least I know like I have a a surface wound. I was like, definitely that. So I slipped my shoe off and my toe is like cocked one way. <laughs> and I'm just like, ooh. And so I pop it back. Pop it back. <laughs> <laughs> God, right awful. back in. Did you scream? Really? Like, ah. I mean, thank God for the mushrooms. I was in, I was in a different kind of place. <laughs> nice. But then I go <gasps> down to the swimming hole and swim for like thirty minutes. And you know, I was just like, I was like, this is hurt, but like, you know, maybe I just popped it back in place and I'm all yeah. good. I was like, maybe I beat the system. Like, it's all, and and I went right into cold water, so it's like I'm basically putting ice on it. Yeah, it's okay, gonna be fine. Sure. So I do the swim. With the spirits, yeah, it's yeah, like the spirits, the underworld, the underworld is gonna take care of that. <laughs> and then I climb back up after, and then I and then I tell everybody instead <laughs> of word to like the other four guys we're with. It's like, yeah, I think I broke my toe. It's really swollen up here. <laughs> And these mushrooms are kicking in. And okay. And then I caught uh, caught a ride on the donkey cart all the way back around to nice. the to the area. And then they kept going, and I just was like sitting in this. Did you get help? Or did you go like? I mean, do you? I go just to a so in I just I started. Know. You you do. It's a lot cheaper. It definitely can be yeah. affordable. Um, mm-hmm. but I just started doing my research. You know about what do you do? And really, there's not much you do for a broken toe than ice it and elevate it and. Like, splint get a reset it. if you have yeah. to. I mean, there's, you know, you're not casting that thing. You splint it. I tied it, you know, wrapped it to the other toe um, and dealt with it. And, and I would say, so this was in March oh. of this year. And so this all came up, too, because I was like, this is the first bone I've broken Uh-oh. in 30, 32 years of life. Damn. First bone I broke was that toe. And... um how on earth do you go 32 years without breaking something? I've never I, broken I've a bone. Sp- really? Sprained yeah. an ankle. Sprained an ankle I've once. That, that was it. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, it's like for a second I was like, I think I like started walking on it a little too soon. I like I, I elevated and did the whole thing for, for a week. And it said like two weeks, three weeks yeah. of being really like. It's like two to uh, four weeks always on that. Yeah. Kind of stuff, and, small and don't. But I kind of like, like it. okay, it's good enough. And like got back to life. And it was like still not quite swelling back down. <laughs> But it's like oh. finally back to normal size now. Hey. Feel, 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 feel. <laughs> Several months, six months uh, later, yeah. One of the guys from Capiat kept telling me, he's like, you should have done, you, you messed it up. You're going to lose your toe. You're losing your toe. <laughs> <laughs> he was so negative about it. He's like, he's like, dude, your toe is still swollen. It's like uh, two months later. And like, this you, is while you're You tripping? fucked your life oh, up. No, this, no, this is like later. Time. He was like, look at me. He's like, you should have done that better. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was I'm like, I also had to get back to working for your goddamn man <laughs> here, you know? <laughs> yeah, I broke that, that bone right there in my hand. You can see it's like mm-hmm. bumps out. Yeah, That's what it was, bump. yeah. Little bumpies. Yeah, right there. Yeah. I broke my ankle, I'm pretty sure. Never got it checked. <laughs> broke my collarbone. Mm. Um, but my, it took it took two and a half to three weeks of begging my mom to go get it x-rayed before she got it x-rayed. <laughs> really? And then on the on the third week. Yeah, we didn't do have you, insurance, dude. Do you think that, oh. that... Yeah, so we just... My mom was like, I can, we can't afford that. Like, has this affected cannot, how you deal with things in adulthood? Yeah, I don't... I refuse yeah. to go to doctors. For that, what? There has to be a limit, Lenny. Well, I mean, I like, come I on. You can't just be like, if I shot you right now, you'd be like, well, 
Like, We'd have like, to take him. Yeah. <laughs> We'd have to take his unconscious body. Yeah. And they'd be like, what am I doing in Wait, doctors, doctor, he doesn't believe in this shit. Let him die. <laughs> Let him die. Yeah. Well, I have health insurance now, okay? But do you use it? No. That's what I'm saying, not. is that it's like a cycle. It's no. like it's like uh, people that live the same way. Yeah. It's like people that live through the, the depression that were really frugal with food mm-hmm. and yeah. save their food. Like those the, that that grandparent still saves their oh, food. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like exactly. it's a habit that became inherent to them that like you know times you're gonna be pretty I'm hesitant to do any of those. Well, I'm not right saying there. fucked. I'm saying that like <laughs> you you just your instinct is not to go to the doctor about something. Yeah, if I and then did something, you know, just be like, oh, fuck it would have to be drastic and very clear, and then I think you would. I'll yeah. tough shit out my, until I absolutely feel I need to go. Like to when my arm is like sideways, then I'd be like, ah, fuck. Okay, I'm gonna have to have somebody who knows. <laughs> it's how to bleeding do it. out. I'm gonna need <laughs> yeah. to. I can't stop this myself, so I'm gonna need to take action. Oh, when I was in high school. I uh, ran over my friend's foot. Oh, wow. Oh, I remember this story. Did I tell you about it? Did, is, was Emil involved? Yeah. Yeah, Emil's <laughs> told me this story. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we, we, it's our producer. We're, we're stupid. We're like 16, 15 years old. And uh, our, is, our producer, Emil, is a very big, strong black man. And my friend Scott is a very skinny, short, white kid. So we just filmed a, a video where, like, when he hulked out, Emil would be the Hulk for a show. <laughs> so not just short and white, but big and black. Yeah. And so we had Emil. That's really funny. Yeah. He didn't tell me that part. Of oh, that. yeah. That's what it was for. So Emil, we had the car in neutral, and I was in it, but he put the seat all the way down so he wouldn't see me. And he was, like, pushing this car, and uh, my friend Scott was filming in front of him. And we had it down where, like, when it got too close, Emil would pat the car, and I'd break. And my friend Scott was like, no, we can get it closer. And... uh so we did it again, and he like looked away for a brief second, and it fucking like, poof, like hit him, and it ran specifically over like the ball right here, Ooh. and I had to reverse, so I like ran over it again. <laughs> he was like, "Fuck!" and uh, he ripped off so much skin you could see the bone of the ball in his oh. foot. Dude, it was the whitest thing I've ever seen in my life, and we had to take him to the hospital. We lied to the nurses. We're like, "Yeah, he was riding his bike, and he just like." Fell off and skid, and they're like, he skid that much. <laughs> How big of a hill did you set him down? Like, yeah, right. Right in that one part of his foot. Yeah, right. Mean, yeah, so, they probably knew we were. Is there like, a reason idiot. you need to lie about it? Like, they're not going to file charges. The hospitals well, are just like, dude. Parents, yeah, parents. I'm sure. Yeah, because also when yeah, his parents okay. did come, we left already, so yeah. we didn't have to hear. <laughs> Because he was like, my parents are on their way. We're like, all right, dude, we're going to leave. We're checking out of this one yeah. now. And, uh, and that was just, <laughs> I've never seen bone before until that time. Yeah. <laughs> How's your toe now? I mean, in the sense of like, is it does it have normal movement? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's all back. It's that's, totally that's what I'm saying. So like yeah. what what's, I'm happy to say today that it's fine. <laughs> fine. And, yeah. and yeah, like, like it's the shrooms, man. It's, it's <laughs> bring rejuvenated. Yeah, the but, underworld helped suck. Yeah. The, yeah. But Los Diablos came. Six months later, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. No, what's funny yeah. is like, it, it's great now, which is why I can be like, ha, you were wrong. And this, it did come back. Because you know? for a while, I was like, yeah, I might not have the full, it's my middle, middle toe. Like so I was like, one? I don't need, yeah. I was like, I don't need full mobility in that <laughs> no actually i was like plagued by the like, hurting this right foot like about a year year and a half ago <laughs> this is the stupidest thing i like just moved here i slipped on a on a Ice. palm tree a dried oh. up palm tree <laughs> leaf <laughs> in the street and like overextended this did the splits all onto my big toe oh, and just like God. overextended my big toe and like you know the, that muscle yeah. under your foot so that was just like 
like a sprain or something. And I was just like, damn, this sucks. Yeah. So it took me like a while to <laughs> yeah. get over that. That even damn. on like a weird day or a weird stretch will still be, still be messed up. Dude, your um, foot has so many things in it that it, it's just like. Too, little, too many little ooh. things going on there. Then <laughs> I did that big toe. Then I was, I was just, or that middle toe in, in Mexico. Then, oh yeah, that was going to be a country song. Broke my toe in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It's a good rhyme. Then I uh, was like just getting over that and I stepped on a belt. And the sh- the middle part of the belt, right in the bottom center of my oh, foot, and I was like, "You're freaking kidding me!" That sucks. So three times, hopefully, I'm over the the curse of yeah. this foot. <laughs> I, at that point, I was like, "Cut the damn thing off! I'm, I'm over it now." It's the middle one, you don't need yeah. it. I had a, I did have a scare the other day where I was like breaking down some of these uh, pieces of wood that were a. Um, uh, a box for like vegetables to grow like a little garden yeah but it's dried out and gross so i was like breaking it up to toss it and i accidentally stepped on one like i took a step back and uh. stepped on one and each side had staples that were like this uh. long on on all the edges and i stepped on it and i was just like i got almost to where i was just like i could and i was like oh shit what am i on and then it was like all the way embedded it didn't hit my foot thank god but Jesus. i was just like yeah, if i got stabbed by that i'd probably would have to go get a tetanus shot. Yeah, tetanus. You wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. No. You're <laughs> right. I wouldn't die. He'd be with tetanus. His jaw would be yeah, locking your up. Your jaw would be locked. He'd be like, this interview's going great, <laughs> but like, God, take me to the hospital. Don't get the oil. That's my was... biggest fear that my jaw will lock up. And I hate that. Why? My roommate, she did that once. She uh, had tetanus. My old roommate. No. Lock jaw from lock eating jaw. a bon mi. <laughs> from eating what? A bon mi sandwich. Uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, what happened? What was in it that made her? I mean, it was the. Opening of the jaw and you just got like, stuck. Oh, yeah, I got a. Oh. Yeah, I have had like I've yawned and it's gotten stuck. Yeah, I've had it got cramp, stuck for a brief. Yeah, cramp under yeah, here. Is, dude. cramp under here is a You've thing. Got a but that's more under here. That's more muscle. I mean, it, it, it's got to be like the back. Yeah, of the jaw to I like really lock you up. This like sucks. Though. You gotta like press that. Yeah, I've gotten this cramp and that hurts a lot. It's a shitty cramp. It's a really shitty cramp. You just gotta stay hydrated. Potassium. Really. Yeah, I used to wake up when I was like younger with mean Charlie horses in the middle of the night. Yeah. Like, of, I cried. Water's everything. Like, like hydration is like eighty yeah. percent of what can be wrong with you. Yeah, exactly. Seriously. Exactly. I have a broken bone. That's a good stat, right? Ah, That's a good made-up ratio. Yeah. That is. It is. No, we're like eight percent water, yeah. right? What? <laughs> I don't know with you, man. 80? For all I know, like you actually believe this shit. <laughs> I don't believe in modern medicine. Well, I do believe in modern medicine, but I don't believe that it, all of it's necessary. You sound like that one guest who said. We just need Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, no, that no. You have a mental illness. All you need is Jesus. Yeah. You're good. No. Somebody told us that once. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Like, didn't believe in therapy. Just thought Jesus will. Yeah. No, that's. that's was like, all right. Well. That's the thing. I, I you know, not, of all the things we're diving into, let's, let's go deep into this one now. Um, yeah. Anthony, I'm not a big. take on Jesus? I'm not a big fan of prescription drugs. I think they cause a lot more problems than they solve. But Johnson I think there are certain just, things. You know, certainly mental illness that cannot be denied that like yeah. mental that or that prescription drugs are completely necessary for. But it's like it's always a tough line of where like you yeah. know how much is too much or the abuse or what you know certain things could be just right for somebody or the right balance of it. Other things is like way off. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a tough tough sitch. Catch catch twenty two. What time is it? We got six minutes. What is there? What have you not told that you think that the listener should know? Mm. Is there anything? It's got to be. Well, my next. Yeah, what do you got? The next up? thing for me. Yeah. Or what I'm really trying to expand my business into. Yes. 
is more producer songwriter management. Oh, yeah. Nice. So again, I'm trying to kind of come full circle for, uh, you know, my my history of being a, a songwriter and musician and. Yeah, because we haven't talked about the fact that you started playing piano since you were five. Yeah. Yeah. Or how many some how many instruments do you play? Do you play? I play all the the rock band instruments: guitar, drums, bass, uh, piano. Um, yeah, exactly. Do not you know really how, dabbled in strings and horns. Those do you know how many I can play? Uh, zero. None. <laughs> <laughs> the look on your face tells me zero. <laughs> but you know, it's the one thing that I would go back and tell my mom to like push me to do is play the piano. Oh, like yeah. it's like literally the only thing. Like if I could go back in time and just be like, <sighs> Mom, no matter what I say, make get me in piano oh, yeah. lessons and make me yeah. take. Them. I never learned how to play an instrument either. But yeah. my sisters and my brother learned how to have piano lessons growing up. Yeah. Did your parents push them towards that? Or? Yeah. yeah. And like they were fine with it, but I guess for whatever reason with me, they just was like, yeah, You're the later child? Yeah, I'm, I'm the youngest. Yeah. So they were so, like, 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 yeah. yeah. like, I'm yeah. not paying for more piano <laughs> yeah, exactly. lessons that go nowhere. <laughs> they go nowhere. That's the other thing. Too. Did, they see your, did they see your hands? Did they see my hands? They're, yeah, they were probably like, oh, this kid can't. Show, play. Yeah, show them your hands. I have crooked fingers. <laughs> so it's like, I feel like you're also like forcing. No, everyone says that. That's just okay. not that. <laughs> no, no, that, that's the whole yeah, point. Yeah, you're exactly. the denier, like everyone else. <laughs> no, people think I'm doing it. So here, watch. If I want to make it straight, but it just bounces back. Oh, okay, I'm not doing that. Like, yeah, just... it, it, it must feels like you're tensing them up. Yeah, why are you shaking? That's just how they are. Why are your hands shaking so much? Hydration. He needs water. Hydration. Yeah, eight <laughs> percent of your body. I need more mushrooms. Hydration, <laughs> <laughs> Hydration <Sorry>. and mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. Anthony, I'm sorry. Go back to what you're talking about before I interrupt you about the the. You're getting into the playing, playing, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the piano from a young age. Anyway, basically, I'm trying to bring a bit more of my musical and writing sensibilities, which I do. I don't really like, you know, the, the artists that I'm managing. I'm managing because I think they're already talented, and yeah. I don't need to tell them how to fix their songs. Yeah. Um, you know, actually like a few of them, uh, all of them know now, but it essentially didn't know I was a musician when we started working together. And then, and then my friends or other people through other means basically started discovering, Holy shit, you're a good, you're a great pianist. Like, and I was like, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I didn't need to tell you, I didn't need to tell you that or didn't need to tell you what to do. So now we've collaborated on some things and, you know, have, have a respect on that. But for me, you know, I think you do need some level of, of understanding and respect uh, musician to musician to be able to comment on on things like, hey, you know, you should do a different chord for that chorus or, you know, that, that lyric's a little weak. It's like, you know, just anybody telling you that's like, okay, oh, guy, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Or, totally. all right, businessman, you don't <laughs> need to tell me about my art, you yeah, know? Exactly. So uh, in, in my mind, that was the only way to handle it too because it's like it's got to be a mutual respect thing where they're like, oh, yes, you are a very capable musician and for that we will have an open ear to your opinion on things. In any case, so I'm trying to, to cultivate more. I'm bringing a lot of Texas songwriters, and by that I don't mean country songwriters. No, no, I no, mean, yeah. uh, indie. you know, yeah, indie stuff. Yeah, dude, straight <laughs> up, H-Town, Scrooston. But yeah. no, like artists uh, and producers and people making all kinds of music uh, into the fold for for collaborating with with other writers out here, kind of dipping into the the kind of pop music machine and you know, I mean, the real the real moneymaker in songwriting and producing is top of the charts pop hits. Yeah. But there's still plenty of other places to go and plenty of other you know life to make of making music. So yeah. that's one thing that a I'm trying to cultivate more of. It's a really fun space for me and something I, you know 
again, the artists I've worked with and, and chosen are because I have an ear for what is quality and uh, imparting that a bit more into the songwriting process and A&Ring. And then, um, you know, I think just helping enlightening more musicians to the avenues of becoming a professional musician. Cause there's such a site on like being the artist. I need yeah. to be artist. I need to be superstar. And that's like the only way I'm going to make it in music. And so many people have their eyes set on that mm-hmm. as opposed to so many other ways to, to make, enjoyably yeah. make music and make, and make money at it. Yeah. You know? So in, in that regard, do you think you have, I don't know if, I don't know if leg up or an advantage is, but like perhaps going after the route less traveled, it gives you more of a advantage to succeeding. Um, I think the differentiator is because I have a set of untapped talent in, in Texas people that, you know, I think if you're out here, you're like looking for all the, the big bright shiny and there's plenty of people coming up here that are getting plucked by, by major music companies and, and plenty of people that I think that the people I'm working with, you know, that haven't been plugged into this yet is, is a differentiator for sure. Nice. 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 Well, where can we find you on the social medias? Yeah. How do we find all you? Awesome. So iinthesky.org yes. is, is my uh, company website. It's EITS Collective or EITS underscore collective um, on Twitter and Instagram and whatnot. I'm always kind of promoting the events and things that we're up to. AMVFest.com is the Austin Music Video Festival site. Nice. Um, so those are those are the, the main public-facing things that... Gotta gotta see what's up. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks. Anthony Erickson. Yeah. Thank, thank you for you coming in. Very much. Yeah. Awesome. For coming in, man. Good. Great that tangents, fucking, guys. Yeah. Great tangents. <laughs> fucking great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, thank you guys very much for listening to LLA with Jake and Lenny. I am Lenny Hernandez. I'm Jake F. H. We'll see you next week. You can hear LLA live every Friday from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Pacific time on Dash Talk Radio or at DashRadio.com. LLA is produced by Guy Garner, hosted and engineered by Jake F.H. and Lenny Hernandez.